This is Jeff Standridge, and this is the Innovation Junkies Podcast. If you want to drastically improve your business, learn proven growth strategies, and generate sustained results for your organization, you've come to the right place. Over the next half hour, we're going to be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and tips that you can use to grow your business, no matter the size, no matter the industry, no matter the geography. We'll be talking about everything from sales and marketing to organizational, operational, and leadership effectiveness, to innovation, digital transformation, everything in between. Routinely, we'll bring in a top mover and shaker, someone who's done something unbelievable with his or her business. We'll dig deep. We'll uncover specific strategies, tactics, and tools that they've used to help you achieve your business goals. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, if you're looking to put your business on the fast track to achieving sustained strategic growth, this episode is sponsored by the team at Innovation Junkie. To learn more about our strategic growth diagnostic, go to innovationjunkie.com slash diagnostic. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, this is the Innovation Junkies podcast. I'm Jeff Standridge. And I'm Jeff Amarine. And we're the Jeffs. Welcome to today's (laughs) bonus episode where we're going to be talking about how to make innovation a core part of the DNA of your organization. You know, you know, we got to work on that intro, Jeff. Uh, We we sound not nearly as cool as Wayne and Garth on Wayne's world. Exactly. So so we're going to have to, exactly, we're going to have to work on that. (laughs) Yeah, we don't sound near as cool as we think we do, huh? (laughs) Exactly. Story of my life. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, how do we make how, how do we help organizations and how how can leaders that are listening to us today make innovation a core part of the DNA of their companies, their organizations? Yeah, it's it's so this, I think celebrating and storytelling is a big part of that and and so so why is that? Historically, in many organizations, innovation was viewed to be the purview of information technology as an example or engineering. And like it or not, the, prop- the propensity of people in those organizations, they may tend to be more introverted. They do fantastic work, but they don't typically and innately and naturally want to talk about what they're doing or want to celebrate it. That's just not something that's typically core to the organization. But it's so important. In order for an organization to understand why innovation matters, you have to not just celebrate the successes, but do the storytelling on the things that didn't work quite as well that you went across just because if you want to truly have an organization that's going to embrace the breakthroughs, the incremental changes, the disruptive changes, people got to know about it. So I think it's crucially important for an innovation culture to stick. Yeah. I think also uh, recognizing that failure is a core part of the innovation process. And so learning to fail faster, learning to fail less expensively, and, and learning to bounce back from that and adapt. I always say there's no such thing as failure uh, only feedback uh, is it, if you take every setback and you use it as feedback to adapt your heading or to adapt your direction or adapt your approach, then it wasn't failure at all. It was just feedback to help you refine. It's only failure if you quit, right? Well, and that, and that can be part of the lore and the storytelling is if someone gets to a point where they get to a, a gate and they said, you know, the economics of this are not going to make sense based on the customer discovery we've done, they need to know that that's success. You've kept the organization from spending money and resources on a solution that nobody was going to benefit from or nobody was going to buy. So often we, we look at that and we say, well, we didn't do something right. No, you did everything exactly right because you got to a point early where you can make a decision 
to kill a project that wasn't going to have a future. One of the things I like about um, making innovation a core part of the organization is the process of, of, of helping the organization understand it needs to identify the problem or opportunity first. You know, I was involved in uh, Axiom a, a few years ago, and and we were in the middle of a proxy battle, and it was a pretty tumultuous time for us as an organization. And, and I had a task from the leadership table that I sat around, uh, which was a nice-to-have task, uh, it was, uh, but it wasn't going to produce a lot of business impact in the environment. In, a good, in good times, it would have been great and, and a great uh, project to actually see come to fruition. But we were literally fighting for our lives as a publicly traded company. And uh, I remember sitting around the table, and every week they would, on the agenda, was, it was time for me to come to the table with an update on where I was. It was like, yeah, I hadn't had time to work on that. Mm, I hadn't had time to work on that either. And finally, I walked into uh, my leader's office at the time, and I said, what's the problem we're actually trying to solve here? We're in a fight for our lives. We're asking me to spend time on this particular thing, and I'm not sure I can even articulate what the problem is. And that was a pretty much a defining moment for me. Too often, particularly in organizations, people come up with great ideas. They're great ideas, and they would be great to do in a really cool environment when the pressure is maybe a little less than it is today. Uh, but they really can't articulate what's the problem they're trying to solve or how big is the problem? Does it affect enough people to be worth the effort? Is it real? Can we win? Is it worth it? Uh, and so uh, making sure that you build a discipline in the organization to force your innovators to articulate the problem they're trying to solve or the opportunity they're trying to seize, I think is a critical part of making uh, innovation part of the DNA. And that's really part of the storytelling too, right? I mean, part of the story is how well you communicate what what the base truths are that you've come across. You know, the, getting to the point that you have an organization that can accept brutal honesty about something to where it's not people are not worried about they have to cover their backside, but they're really going to be candid and forthright about telling the story as to why this we need to kill this and here's why and that is celebrated rather than uh, you know than looked down upon. I think so often, and in fact, a good example, and this is this is nothing obviously confidential, but uh, under Jeff Immelt's leadership at General Electric, they got away from some of that candor that had made GE a great company. There was never an opportunity to bring forth bad news. One of the things you'll have in an innovative culture is incremental bad news that ultimately leads towards success. And you've got to be honest about it. It's got to be communicated. The fact that you're going through the process has to be celebrated. And it's not that you celebrate major business failures. It's that you celebrate all that feedback and learning you've made by trying things incrementally along the way. Well, the whole idea is to have these incremental failures by failing faster exactly. and less expensively so you don't have these major business failures. Yeah, precisely. That's precisely it. I, I, think, I think it's crucially important. And I think equipping highly technical people with the ability to tell good stories that are going to communicate accurate information good or bad without jargon is another part of it breaking it down to communicate things in a simple way so that people who are not steeped in whatever technology or or subject matter you're talking about can understand it is also another key part of it hey folks we'll be right back with the episode but first we want to tell you about a limited opportunity to take advantage of our strategic growth diagnostic for a short time only, we're offering a free strategy call to see whether or not our unique diagnostic tool is right for you. Go to innovationjunkie.com backslash diagnostic to learn more.
and adopting a methodology. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, actually giving people a framework through which to actually innovate within the organization. Uh, we, we talk about the lean canvas and the lean startup a lot, and that can be adapted to a corporate organization. We've actually, as an organization, taken the best practices of lean startup, uh, design thinking, human-centered design, organizational transformation and change management, and built an innovation leadership blueprint that distinctively uh, provides, uh, or provides a distinctive framework, rather, for organizations to to fuel innovation within their organizations. It starts with the problem or opportunity identification and the validation of that. It then moves into the uh, human-centered design elements of it, making sure that uh, the solution is technically feasible, that it's desirable by enough people to produce a, enough of a business outcome to be worth the effort. Is it real? Can we win? Is it worth the effort, which we call the real win-worth test? And then finally, the execution component of that by selecting the right team, creating an opportunity for them to be successful, and then uh, uh, building a platform to generate sustained results. So giving that framework, that's a critical part, and educating the team into that framework so that they're all approaching innovation in a similar fashion is important as well. That's a common language. It's a common language that's well understood, and and if you if you adopt that kind of thing, you you can it gives you a more uh, there's less chaos and less reliance on personal heroics in going through the process. So often it's like where there it is, there's the target, and then you hope that you line enough people up and somehow magic will happen from where you start to where you finish to where something good will happen. Having this kind of framework that includes best practices on lean canvas and design thinking and also takes into consideration the human element is a huge advantage. And, and I think that's the only way it can work, uh, candidly. It can't just be about the mechanics and the plumbing. It's got to be organizational change as part of it as well. And that's something that you've I think articulated better than most in, in putting that framework together, John. You know, I learned a long time ago, I believe it was Stephen Covey who said, with people, slow is fast and fast is slow. Um, we, we, if, if, if it involves people and organizational change generally involves people, uh, if we try to move fast, uh, it'll take us a lot longer to get to our uh, intended def destination. But if we back up, get people on board, give them a framework, uh, nurture them through the process, celebrate their successes, but also uh, um, uh, post-mortem, if you will, their, their failures, accept those failures as feedback in the process, then uh, you'll move faster to the intended destination of innovation uh, a, a lot more quickly. You know, based, based on your experience, Jeff, because I know you've studied this and at, at all kinds of levels and have implemented it, when, when a, a, a person that's trying to impart innovation process on an organization runs across a group that would be negative, sometimes you would even call them saboteurs for whatever reasons, How, what's the best practice for overcoming a saboteur to a new process, a new product, a new, a new innovation within an organization? So I'll use a story, right? Um, back in some days when I was doing some volunteer fundraising, which I still do today for various organizations, whether it's a university foundation or, or whomever, someone told me that if you want advice, ask for money. And if you want money, ask for advice. And so I've taken that and I've changed the word money for currency because in an organizational change environment, um, the currency you want is not necessarily uh, numerical or, or financial in nature. It could be buy-in. And so um, I like to go to those – I like to anticipate who those potential saboteurs are on the front end uh, 
um, and then go to them in advance of a major initiative and ask their advice. Because many times, not only will they provide advice that would enable them to get on board with it, but they will also provide a bit of a uh, different perspective that will cause me to change the approach in, able, in a way to enable more people to get on board as well. So I think the, to answer your question, the best idea, the best idea I have found or the best way I have found is to, to anticipate those saboteurs, go to them before a launch, ask their advice, and, and, and take that advice on board in order to get them in the boat with you. You know, sometime we're going to have to do an episode on lateral thinking and Edward de Bono's, you know, this the this six thinking hats because, thinking hats. yeah, it, it forces it forces someone to take that role of the negative, you know, the to to question and 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 sometimes I think we look at influencers that may be outspoken as these are just malcontents, they're people that don't want to do something. A lot of times they could be in an organization where they've never been listened to, and and that is a, a symptom of them not being engaged in exactly the way you just described. So I think that's a fantastic a fantastic story and a, and a great tip. And there's another one, Edward de Bono, right? The Six Thinking Hats. Another guy we need to get in here to, uh, to the Innovation Junkies podcast. So, uh, Edward, if you're listening, uh, give us a shout. Or uh, if you know Edward and want to make an introduction, we'll have our people contact his people. So yeah, just to summarize for this bonus name dropping, aren't we? It's great. Yeah, we are name dropping. We're doing that a lot. So, <laughs> so just to summarize, uh, if you want to make innovation a core part of the DNA of your organization, have a framework. Educate your people on the framework. Anticipate the potential saboteurs, and and seek their advice and get them in the boat with you. Identify the potential positive influencers and do the same. Don't be afraid of failure. Celebrate successes. Uh, uh, do a postmortem on the failures and figure out how you can use those failures to adapt your approach. And uh, that's the quickest way to uh, cultivating that innovation DNA. That's a great recap. All right. Guys, thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode. See you next episode. Hey, listeners, this is Jeff Amrine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now and leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media.